Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking with Joel Saul Sihi, who's the host of the Stacking Benjamin Show. Stacking Benjamins is one of my favorite podcasts, so I'm hoping that I'm not going to get all fangirly here, but let me give you a little bit of background first. Joe doesn't currently work as a financial advisor, but he used to. Unlike most financial shows, Stacking Benjamins is hugely entertaining. The joke is that they only have two listeners, and you'll never learn anything on the show. You'll either love Joe or hate him, and I fall into the love him category, but don't tell his wife, Cheryl. I'm including this episode in our COVID-19 shows because Joe can actually teach us a lot about what to do about our investments. Even though you won't be learning anything on the Stacking Benjamin show, you might just learn something here today. I do want to mention that Paula Pant comes on his weekly show, and if you listened to my show last week, you'll probably remember that I mentioned her. She's the one who inspired me to start recording these COVID-19 episodes. Unfortunately, Paula has fallen ill, so I'd like you to say a little prayer to help her get better. And if you don't believe in prayers then send a little white light or whatever you believe in that will help her heal. One more thing before I bring Joe on. Although we will be discussing money along with other things today, none of this should be considered legal, financial, medical, or mental health advice. As always, be sure to consult your own professional before making any life decisions. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer, Let's go ahead and bring on Joe Saul Sihi. Thanks, Joe, for coming on the show so quickly. It's about time. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been wanting to have a chat with you for a long time. We've known each other for what? Over a year, I would think. Maybe, <laughs> maybe around that long. Maybe yes. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've known of you, followed your work, so I'm excited to be here. Have you really? Absolutely. Are you kidding? See, no, here not. I go. I had no idea that he even knew who I was. So there it is. That I'll makes fan me feel good. back at you. So there you go. Thank you. 
So the world is a little crazy. I don't know. What are you talking about? We were, <laughs> we were holed up in mom's basement, Kathy, before it was cool. So now it seems like everybody wants to be like us. They want to hole up in their mom's basement or actually not mom's basement because you got to keep mom healthy. It's their own basement. That's but no, true. seriously, it's 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 very crazy. And what's what frightens me and probably frightens you is some of the things that you see people talking about online and not the health stuff, but just in money forums, people going, if, you know, somebody yesterday I saw said, oh, if this goes into a depression, do you keep investing? Oh, and my, my stomach, you know, my heart sank and uh, people saying, is everybody okay? I just want to sell everything. You know, that's awful. And nearly as awful, and we could maybe talk about this too, is when do I quote back the truck up and start buying everything? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, all those for different reasons are scary places to be. And I can understand those feelings. I mean, I've lost a lot in the stock market over the last, I don't know, week. How long has this been going on? <laughs> are we blocking it out yet? It seems like it's been forever, but it it really hasn't been that long. I mean, I got back from that cruise on March 15th. And what's today? We're recording this on what's today, the 23rd, 24th? Yeah, you but, but but you saw the tremors around the start of March a little bit, you know, and then, uh, yeah, the last two weeks have been nothing short of um, depressing. It has been depressing, but we're not in a depression. No, we won't know that for a while. Right. So, I mean, just to get to recession territory, we have to have two quarters in a row of a certain level of negative GDP. And uh, so we won't even know if we hit a recession until we get to the six month mark. So I think people worried about depression are um, it's a little it's a little premature. Jumping the and, gun a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I I'm a little nervous. I should say I'm a lot nervous. I'm scared. And my listeners know that I'm a retired financial advisor. I think that. You can't really help but be nervous right now. But does that mean that you should throw out all of the the good knowledge that you have and and just no? Cause, well, because what's funny? How many downturns is this for you? Because for me, I went through. So I started as a financial advisor in 1993, and there were a few bumps early on. But the big one, of course, was 2000 to 2002. We called that the tech wreck. And then 2007, 2008, you know, I mean, of course, we had 9-11, we had Brexit, but those were pretty V-shaped, you know, down and up. 2007, 2008, monster downturn. They called that the Great Recession. I don't know. I haven't heard a cutesy name for this yet. Like, I was thinking that we riff off of like, you know, the song My Sharona and we call it My Corona. Oh, I, I saw something. I think I saw that. Yeah. I've we seen should. some really cute um, songs maybe do that. And I don't want to poke, you know, light it to so many people having health problems, but, um, just trying to keep it a little bit, you know, light maybe spirits uplifted. Yeah. Keep our spirits uplifted a little bit. But anyway, so this is my third. So I am equally as afraid of this one as I was the last two. And I'm sure you are as well. Well, you said you are, but I'm more comfortable now feeling uncomfortable, if you know what I mean. Like I, like I know, I know this feeling I've been here before 
And while that doesn't give me any feeling of certainty, like I'm not some guru that says, hey, it's going to get better tomorrow. I don't know where it goes. I do know this. I know that if the economy is going to continue, the economy has to continue on the back of companies and these companies are publicly traded. And so if the economy is going to continue, the stock market has to rebound. It's not voodoo. It's not magic. The stock market has to rebound at some point for the economy to continue. So we have two choices. We go find a cave and get some food and guns and go hole out or this is going to pass. And I vote for the second one. I think the second one's going to happen. And that's how I've, you know, that's that I really got. And it's, it's sad because I was leading people in 2000 to 2002 and because it was my first one. I led people in some ways that I'm not that excited about. You know, I was a little more panicky. Yeah. Uh, 2007 to 2008, I was at the point where I was just leaving financial planning. I left in 2009, but the um, I much more successfully led my flock through that one before I sold my business. Uh, that one, I felt I, I had all the same feelings, but I had more of the the long term view that I have today. This will all go away. Don't don't make emotional decisions. And even if you feel like you're not emotional now, you are like I look at me this week. I don't know about you, Kathy, but I look at me this week versus me a week ago. I'm way less emotional today than I was a week ago. Mm. A week ago, uh, I have ADD and a week ago I couldn't stop my ADD from acting up. I was I I was on five different web pages at one time. Every single time I had to switch from task A to task B, I went, let's go check Facebook. Right. He's okay. And then it's 20 minutes later, I'm finally getting back to the next task. I'm much more on task today, but it's you know, don't make decisions when you're emotional. Work from, and you'll appreciate this, work from an investment policy statement that you created when you were not emotional Yes, and yes. go back to that guide today and go, no, 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 this is what I said I was going to do and just keep following that. Right. You're, you're so right. I mean, that is definitely what, what we need to do. I can tell you that from my background, I have more to lose today than I had back in those other times. But personally, I haven't made any changes. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't changed anything. Um, you know, we're all of the stocks that I had before I'm, I still have. And, and I had a bunch of cash, which is dollar cost averaging. Um, I make changes to that all the time, but there's that cash is still being dollar cost averaged into the, into the stock market. I'm hoping that when this does end and I, I believe it will end. You know, it's going to end. We just don't know when. I mean, I'm serious when it has to. If the stock market does zero, that means companies make no money. And that can't happen for an extended period of time. They'll all go bankrupt. So so companies will have to make money at some point. And when they do, the stock is a reflection of fair value of that company. So uh, it's, it's times like now that I think we have to pull away all the voodoo in the stock market talk. And talk about really the fundamental of what what we're really talking about here. We're talking about companies uh, operating successfully. And if comp- companies stop operating successfully, then Houston, we got a really big problem. And basically, they have to stop operating forever. I mean. Yes, yes. Which is why, by the way, 
um, and to be clear here too, you know, some people I've, I've talked to online have talked about getting really aggressive now. And I've done that a little bit. I'll tell you what I did with part of my uh, Roth IRA. I took a little money that I had that was very conservative, but I know I'm not going to spend it for a long time. And I switched that money over to small cap value index. And and by the way, so I stuck with an index, number one, because I don't know which company is going to win and which company is going to lose. So I want to stick with the index. The second thing is I wanted to do the companies, and I don't want to get too nerdy here, but the companies that had the biggest standard deviation, meaning they're the ones that should fall the most and also the ones that will come back then the hardest. So, you know, instead of a, instead of a really calm heartbeat, these things are like a roller coaster ride. Right. So, Assuming we're closer to the bottom than the top, I want to do that. Now, that's not advice, and I don't want people to go do that. <laughs> no right? advice. Yeah, I don't want people to go do that. Don't go messing around a lot. But with, you know, with long-term money, if you believe it's going to continue, that's the only move I made, and it wasn't a big move. It was a small amount of money that I moved over there. I, I did. I had a couple of subscriptions that we canceled, and we automatically added that money to the money that I put into the market every month. So that I can, because I'm not using the subscription anymore. I check those about once every six months. That's and smart, by the way. Well, and I immediately thought, Kathy, now's the time to be dollar cost averaging in while the market's going down. I, I'm not going to pick the day. That's probably, of the two moves I mentioned, that's probably the smarter one is to, <laughs> is to, is, is to do that. Going and buy small cap value. I think I'll win there, but at some point I have to move it back. Mm. And, you know, market timing is a losing. It losing. really is. Yeah. 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 I haven't really, I guess I bought a couple of individual stocks. I bought, I bought Pinterest and of course it went down immediately since I bought it. (laughs) You know why? It's because you bought it. I know it's, uh, and sorry if you, if you hold on to Pinterest and it went down right after I bought it, I know that was my fault. I apologize, but I'm not taking any financial responsibility whatsoever. (laughs) However, you will send out a press release. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is just a talk between two people. This has nothing to do with you, listener. We we're just <laughs> we're just riffing here. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't go buy right now, you know, uh, somebody was talking to me on Twitter about buying Delta Airlines. <laughs> um and and their point was obviously airline stocks are super low. And they said, you know, the government's not going to let them go under because it's an essential service. And even we had the president on recently talking about the fact that airlines and cruise lines and these are, uh, you know, things that we want to make sure, you know, do well. I live in Detroit and uh, the auto industry. Yeah. And so going back to just not that long ago history, 2007, 2008, I remember them talking about Delphi won't go under. General Motors won't go under, right? And all those companies declare bankruptcy. I also remember, and you probably remember this one too, the day before Lehman Brothers went bankrupt, the day before the biggest analyst that follows them, Kathy, said they're too big to fail. The government will not let Lehman Brothers go bankrupt. The the person who ostensibly knew the most that wasn't in the company and they still went, but do not bet on Delta Airlines right now. Or any, really. Right. And that's not negative to Delta Airlines. That just is don't don't think that these companies that have no customers right now won't seek bankruptcy protection. 
that's what bankruptcy protections there for. Exactly. There's a good chance that could happen, which is why I stuck with an index. If you are going to go with a with a stock like you did, you know, pick one that's not so much in the line of fire. I mean, look at the number of people going online right now. Obviously, everybody's online. I bet Pinterest is a place where people are hanging out 24-7, <laughs> keep their mind off it. That's right. And that that's another thing. You know, we need to figure out how to get our mental health. You know, I know that now I, I, I have to tell you, I I joined that game service that, that you have on your Facebook, and I was playing it almost right up until the time that it was time for us to talk. So <laughs> thank you for making me addicted to playing online games, something I've never done before. I don't even play that, what, bird bird game that was so popular a few years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, we have to get our minds off of it. One of the reasons why I'm so stressed out right now is my mom is staying with me. And she, every five minutes is coming up to me, telling me about something that she read on Facebook or her, you know, read online or did this. What, what are you doing to cope? What are you doing to, to get this so that it's not 24 seven bad news, bad news. I can't, you know, I can't take it. I go back to, I never thought that this book would be as uh, influential part of my life as it's become. When I read it, I kind of went, yeah, that's neat. But it's funny, Kathy, that I, this, this book I'm going to quote here in a second, I quote over and over and over. And it's Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. And Stephen Covey says there's three buckets in your life. There are things that you can control, things you don't control, but things you can influence. And then bucket number three is things we can neither control nor influence. And it's at times like now that I have to think about which bucket am I spending my mental energy on? Are these things I can control or not? If I can't control, I have to let them go. I have to let them go. So I try to fill my day. And this is when, because then I mentioned ADD earlier, this is when my to-do list comes in handy. I use the thing and you can use any to-do list, you know, online. I, I use this thing called uh, the uh, Todoist. Uh -huh. It's Todoist.com and it, it connects all my devices. So my to-do list is wherever I am. I make sure I keep a to-do list of things I can control so that when I find myself in pot three, AKA Facebook, Twitter, my flipboard where I'm flipping through headlines about politics and about coronavirus and morons and all kinds of stuff right. that I can control. I I immediately remind myself to go back to Todoist and I look at the top thing on my to-do list and I switch my brain to that. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's that is my coping mechanism. Oh, that makes so much sense. You know, I, I think I'm going to have to think about that. I have a million things on my to-do list, yeah. which I should be working on now that we're in this self-imposed, you know. It's a great time to do it, isn't it? It's a great time to attack your your stuff. Like there's things behind the scenes with our podcast that we are doing now because my whole team is has time. Like everybody, everybody has time and we are <laughs> – we are digging in to remake how we make the show because it's the perfect time to do that. Yeah. You're right. I should be doing that, but I'm not. Instead, I'm drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a colored picture of a kingfisher. 
you can control that too. We've been doing that a lot lately. I th- That's another thing. We have these beautiful metro parks around Detroit. And at the start of this year, we got a um, uh, we got an annual pass and did the math so that if we went three times during the entire year, we don't have one that's super close, but they're close enough, about half an hour away. And um, in either direction, we have one 30 minutes one way, one 30 minutes the other way. And um, so if we went three times to this these parks, it would pay for itself. And so we got a, we've gone four times in the last five days uh, just to go for a walk. This one place has this beautiful nature center and we took bird seed. The first time out, we saw other people doing it. So the last time we took bird seed and you put the bird seed in your hand with a glove on and you just hold your arm out very still and these little birds will come land on your hand. You're kidding. And, uh, That's awesome. Oh, bird seed right out of your hand. It's really cool. Um, and, and the these deer, are parks uh, that you that you pay a membership fee to be part of. Yeah, they're the, the they're Detroit has these big, huge metro parks, and um, so lots of acreage. Uh, the two that are close to us have a big lake in the middle where in the summer there's you know a swimming area and all that stuff. But there's walking trails all over the parks. We spend a lot of time out there now. I find that getting just getting out of the house uh, once a day during this is also very cathartic. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. And, and you know, there's, I wouldn't really call them walking trails, but I live in a 55 and older community. Yeah. And there's, there's no sidewalks where the, it's kind of weird because where the houses are, they're rows and rows of houses that all look alike. So you get lost. You don't know where you are. There's no sidewalks there. So you have to go to like the main roads and there's sidewalks there. And then next to the sidewalks, there's golf, golf path a lot of times or across the street, there'll be golf paths. But when we're walking on the sidewalks, there's other people walking towards you. And we always feel like we have to walk into the street to maintain the the distance. (laughs) Because our our two weeks of self-imposed isolation doesn't end until March 30th. And so we're, we're concerned about other people, but now just seeing how silly people are being, people are I read in in a, a next door alert last night. Somebody was saying something about somebody breaking in or about to break in or whatever at his sister's birthday party, and I wanted to respond. Why are you having a birthday party, dude? <laughs> We're all supposed to be isolated. So anyway, I don't understand because that that is the one thing we can control, right? Is is that and the, the tough thing for me, like when we go out to this metro park, I pass restaurants that are closed, I pass hotels that are closed, I pass uh, shopping malls that are closed, and I think about the people that have those jobs. And I think about the fact that those are generally, when I was a financial planner, those are the people with no cash reserve, with a credit card debt, living paycheck to paycheck, that really need that job to be open. And the more selfish I am to to go be around other people and maybe infect them, the longer it takes for these people to go back to their job. Right. And even if we, you know, and in the middle of this, we're in, in, you know, and I don't really because this is the part that we can't control. But I don't understand why we want to lift this, lift this early, which will ultimately stress it out. Like, what are people thinking? I don't know. We're going to cost ourselves a ton of money. I, I don't want to cost people money. I want I want people to have more money. They're worried about the economy, right? They're worried about the economy. So they want to let people go out. But what's going to happen is more people are going to get sick. 
and then the economy will be shut down longer. For for longer, yeah. Take your medicine, get rid of it. It's it's like we tell people when they have credit card debt, when they come to see people like you or I, you know, uh, let's take care of this problem now. I know you want to do the sexy stuff, like get into investing talk and whatever, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to cut up the credit cards. We're going to learn how to do an all-cash lifestyle. We're going to get an emergency fund. And people are like, wow, that sounds boring. Yeah, yeah, but let's get rid of this part so we can do the fun stuff, but do it for a long period of time. Right. You know, one of the things that really kind of irritated me when I was doing financial planning full time is when I was new in the business, when I was new in the business, people would come to me and I worked mostly with nonprofits. So I worked with their 403B plans and they would come and they'd say, Kathy, I've got $10,000 with a credit card debt. It's at 18% interest. Should I take out a loan against my retirement plan and pay off the interest? You know, pay it off because it's 3% versus 18%. And when I was brand new in the business, I'd say, yeah, that makes math sense. But the issue is we're not all about math because what would happen is that two years later, I'd be meeting with them. And now not only did they have that loan that they took out on their 403B, but they also now had another $10,000 with a credit card debt because right. they ran it all back up. And so I guess what what we're kind of trying to put across is the math says, don't don't make any changes. You know, whatever you set up before this whole thing started, math over and over again, we've had crises before. We've always come through it. Over and over again, the math says, stick with what you were doing. Don't make any drastic changes. But the problem is, we as people are very emotional. You know, we we just, for some reason, can't, you know, we don't want to do it. We don't want to believe math. I think there's a reason for that, though. Uh, I think it's because finance is the only thing in in our life that it's it's better fixed by doing nothing. We are doers as people, right? I got to put a bandaid on it. I got to do this thing. I got to fix this thing. I got to, I got to make this better. Like we apply effort and things get better things, you know, second law of thermodynamics is things tend to fall apart, right? Everything is, is trying to fall apart. Finance. If we leave it alone, if it's good to begin with, if it's good to begin with and we leave it alone, we're going to do better. And it was funny. I think it was Fidelity. And you might have seen this study. Fidelity did a study. Of, it's been a little while ago now, but they looked at all of their retirement accounts and they looked without looking at names. They just looked at how the different accounts did right percentage wise. The best performing accounts of all as a group were people who were dead. Right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> You know, and I have a story to tell about that because when when I first started in my practice, um, I was assigned some some old accounts, and I started contacting some of these people. And one of the accounts, I don't know, I think she had maybe two hundred thousand dollars or something like that. And I said, "Well, we we need to rebalance your account." And she says, "Oh, I I don't need to rebalance. I'm fifty fifty." I'm 50% stocks, 50% the guaranteed account that they had. And I looked at our account and said, no, you're not. You're 95% stocks and 5% <laughs> guaranteed. It's because her she'd never looked at it. 
Yeah. And yeah. the stocks just grew and grew and grew and grew. Now we went, we did rebalance because that was too much risk for her. But it, it, you know, so we're not saying that we, you never should make a change. You, you need to make your plan and stick with it. Right. Yeah. Instead yeah. of panicking whenever something happens. But, but yeah, that's my story about that. It was like, I'm 50, 50. I'm like, no, 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 you're not. <laughs> I, I, I love how she won by not paying attention. I'll tell you the opposite story. I had a, also, I was assigned some older accounts and, um, I, you know, would call these people and they did, they come in to meet me and these people had put a, a very minimal amount in the early 1990s into a growth fund. And now it is uh 1999 and their growth fund, because it was heavy tech stocks, that whole last half of the nineties decade had run up and they'd gone from, I think putting in very little money, five to $10,000, it was $85,000, wow. $90,000, but they had never looked at it and they didn't know. But guess what happened, Kathy, when they met with me and they found out that they had all this money that they never knew they had, they immediately needed it, needed it, <laughs> and touching it. And, and we kept having meeting after meeting where every meeting they're like, yeah, I just need to take 4,000 of it now. Yeah, I just need to take 6,000 of it now. Yeah, I just need 10,000 of it now. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Joe. I'm going to leave it alone once I get past this crisis. And it's like we we have this button that turns off in our brain that once I know I have this money sitting there, I get rid of all my creativity. Like our brains are so creative and we can come up with such cool stuff, but we don't if I know I've got this pot of cash sitting over there. That's right. That's why and now this is not a study that was done. Nothing. All I know is that when my clients would pass away and leave an inheritance, that money was completely gone within 18 months. Oh, gone, you know, yep. because people. Yeah, we treat it as found money, right? Yeah. It's like finding 10 bucks in my pants pocket that I didn't know was there. I'm like, oh, yeah. But what's sad is you think about, you know, wherever that inheritance came from. And those years worked hard for that money. Years of working and saving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I will tell you, getting back to this point, because because you made a great point earlier when you said if it was right before, it's still right now with the market down. If something is wrong now, because, you know, largely when I'm online looking at at uh, people or people are asking us questions, it usually is because somebody has their money in the wrong place right now. Not much you can do to fix it today. But what you can do is make sure it doesn't happen again because this will happen again. And so learn from your mistakes. What I like about uh, engineers is engineers have this process when they're building things. They're building a building or a road or whatever it might be. They'll look at all the things that can go wrong. They list them and they have these contingency plans. And then they build. Then they track all the things that went wrong on a stage of the road or the building. They, they do this post-mortem going, what could we have done better? They incorporate that into the plan. And then for the next time they plan, they make sure and incorporate those things. Hey, we've been talking about COVID-19 and how it can affect your money. But do you know what else can affect your money? Someone hacking into your accounts because you were using Wi-Fi unprotected. I've been protecting my data from prying eyes for years using NordVPN. If you're not protecting yourself, now's the time to start. Head on over to rockyourretirement.com VPN 
That's V like virtual, P like private, N like network. You'll be supporting the show if you purchase at no additional cost to you, and you'll be protecting your most valuable data. Don't wait. Do it today. And now, back to the show. The one thing I've seen that you've probably seen as well is that too many people have money in a spot where they need it, where it was affected by the market. Right. They don't have an emergency fund or yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, I got a living fund. I got to pull money out of the stock market now and it's down. What do I do? Well, the first thing to do, and we can't do anything about it now, is don't have money in the stock market that you're going to need in the next couple of years. Always have, especially in retirement, have enough stream of income to get you through at least two or three years so that you don't have to worry about this. Um, I mean, imagine if you if if you knew, and to your point, you know, when somebody's retired, I don't like talking in percentages anymore. I like talking in real dollars. Because if somebody has, you know, somebody's 25 and they've done a great job and they've accumulated $10,000, they go down 30%. That's $3,000. That's right. They'll recover. If somebody has $2 million, that's $600,000 they lost. Yes, it's it not is. the same. No, it isn't. I'm sorry. It's still 30%, but it's not the same. But if I know, if I know that I've lost $600,000, but I've got three years until I need to touch that money, I can let it heal for three years. Not nearly as worried. That's not nearly. So true. So wise. You're so wise, Joe. I I don't think it's wise as much as it's you look at enough charts and graphs that you go, this is the way it's always been. There's nothing different. And actually, I mean, if you want to, Kathy, we can even talk about the fundamentals here. Because if we go back to 2007, 2008, it's a lot different than today. 2007, 2008, we had problems with debt, if you remember. And the stock market went down for very fundamental reasons. It was because of the fact, and these numbers are off the top of my head, but I think we had something like uh, 135% debt to GDP ratio, meaning that that we had a lot more debt than we had people bringing home the bacon. Right. Now, right. I think that number's gone down, at least at the start of this, it was down to about 95%. People have a lot less debt now than they had during that 2007-2008 problem. So this was not a problem there. We certainly had an economy that was slowing before this, right? It was slowing up a little bit, but we still had very low unemployment. We still had people out buying. We had low-ish debt levels compared with 10 years ago. Um, we also have uh, uh, the savings rate had gone from 3% to 8%, which is a fantastic number. So people saving money, people buying, debt was down, employment was up. You know, and we can we can parse everything, go, well, employment's up, but it's the gig economy. It's not great job. Okay, all that's fine. But we don't have the fundamental structural problem now that we had then. And if, if this goes away quickly and Americans continue to do business and shop and save the way they did just a couple months ago, it will rebound. Now, if it goes long term, 
we will have companies then go bankrupt and we will have maybe structurally people work different, people shop different. Like as an example, people might shop online even more. This might be the final nail in the coffin for JCPenney, you know, right. Who, I mean, seriously, but, but how, but- but if JCPenney sticks around, maybe they'll continue, maybe they'll start printing catalogs again and we can all use it as toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> we got another source. I actually <laughs> read some good news about that last night. Speaking of toilet paper, that's a whole different topic. But the, <laughs> um, uh, I found out that uh, toilet paper's coming in a big supplies. We oh. will have plenty of toilet paper. Oh, so well. that will be a wash in toilet paper. <laughs> you will be to the point that, by the way, what companies are really worried about that make toilet paper, they're not worried about the the hoarders are going to have so much hoarded that they're and, and they're going to be able to stock more and more of that. And, and they make it in the United States so they can get it there quickly. And it is the the TP Calvary is on the way. What toilet paper manufacturers actually are worried about, Kathy, and you can see this is six months from now, nobody's still buying toilet paper because have it. we've all got the whole barn out behind our house filled with toilet paper. We've like, never had, we've had economic downturns. We've, we've had things happen before. I've never seen a run on toilet paper. I don't understand it. Um, you know, we have two bidets in my house. We don't go through as much toilet paper as most people do, although we use a little. I just think all these people that are worried about toilet paper should buy a freaking bidet. <laughs> My co-host, who is very snarky, uh, sent this uh, funny meme that said, um, he said, you know, when this is over and scientists are, and this is, by the way, very gallows humor, so I apologize. When when scientists come through the United States and there's 300 million dead people from this virus, they're going to notice that each and every one of us had very clean. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> but, but anyway, so structurally, getting back to the point, structurally, if this goes on for a long time, sure. Okay, all bets are off. But if, but if this passes, the economy, if we just restart where we were, People go back to the way they were. The economy is not 2007, 2008. So this is a whole different beast. It's it's not comparable. Yeah. And so when we when we get past this, when people start social isolating, which is the way to get through this, you know, you won't catch it. You won't spread it if you're not out there among people. Things hopefully, you know, once once it dies down, because it's my understanding that there might be some kind of season for COVID-19 and so things could calm down and then the economy could pick back up. And um, hopefully between then and the next wave, they'll find a way to deal with it. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm, I'm hoping. And, and if they don't, hopefully they'll make some temporary hospitals with ventilators and all the things that we need to keep people healthy while, you know, or not healthy, but keep people alive while they fight it. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that, that really is the problem because as the CDC has said already, it's not a problem of if we're going to get it, it's a problem of when, and the goal is to slow down. Slow the spread. Yeah. The tack on the emergency room. So sooner or later, a lot of us will probably be there, but, um, but if we can slow it down a little bit so that our hospitals aren't overwhelmed, then, um, then we're good. I want to say something about the CDC. 
So I got an email from them today with an attachment. Really? Mm -hmm. With an attachment saying something about they found a cure or something, blah, blah, blah. So I just want to tell my listeners that the CDC doesn't have my email address. And I know that the CDC did not send me an email and I didn't even click on the email. I just immediately deleted it. And if you get an email from the CDC, please don't open it. Most likely it's a virus, a you know, a computer virus. <laughs> and you probably don't want to catch that on top of everything else that's going on in your life. Is there a special place in hell for people that capitalize on coronavirus? Yeah, and they, they actually, uh, in the email, it said forward this to as many people as you can. I don't know if they're targeting people who work with Medicare insurance or or what, or if it was just random, but it was my work email. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the CDC wasn't sending me an email today. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly certain they aren't, but all those calls from the IRS that I've gotten the last year, I take all those. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> The IRS, uh, people from the IRS not only seem to um, call me a lot, and uh, but they also – they th- those recorders don't even use proper English. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, if you're going to scam me, try to try to use the right. I was in, you know, I, I'm a finance guy, but you may not know this, but I was an English major in, in college, like oh. actually a lot of mutual fund managers, it turns out, or English majors, but they, um, but it always drives me crazy. I'm like, if you're going to scam me, use the right, use the right form of speech to do it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my OCD goes off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't scam me that way. Scam me this way. Scam me this other way where I might actually fall for it. (laughs) Don't give them any ideas, Joe. I'll try not to. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We have come up to, I guess, the end of – we're running out of time here. So before we go on to the – you know, before we end, I just want to give you the opportunity to – Say anything to my listener that, you know, because I have three listeners, so I have one more listener than you do. Kick it our butt. <laughs> our butt. Is there anything that you want to say to to the listener to calm them down or any other way of managing stress? Like like maybe your game, pro- you know, I'll put a link to that, that game program on the show. Yeah, the, what's it called again? BoardGameArena.com. So it's, it's a free site. And as you've probably seen, Kathy, it's overwhelmed right now, <laughs> but there's a lot of popular board games on there. And, um, it's just, it's, it's, you know, people have been asking, they're like, so how do I keep up with my family? What I like about board game arena and I don't work for them. I don't get a commission. I don't even know who runs it. I just am a geek. The, uh, uh I, what I find fun is that I can take a turn at a game go back to my life and come back a couple hours later and it's my turn again because everybody just when they can they take their turn oh. you can you can do it that way or you can do it the other way which is everybody's online together and you play it in real time so I um, haven't done the other way yet I've been playing that first practice game on in real time yeah can't stop yes yes and I have not won yet I've played like three games it's really irritating. I didn't even understand how it worked the first couple of times. 
I was um, so for the listener, I'll do this little side thing. It's a <laughs> dice game, but you're you're playing it online, and I didn't understand how it worked. I was just playing it, and I finally figured it out that once you have your three people on the board, the the die if the dice comes up to a certain number and there you're not on that, you're not there. You can't move. Right. And right. so I finally figured that out. It, I'm not that bright, apparently. It took me a while to figure that out. Yeah, it's called Can't Stop because you set these three numbers with two dice or with four dice. You split your dice in half. So let's say that you roll, uh, you know, two threes and two fours. You could make that two sevens and move the seven up two spaces because you're trying to move stuff from the bottom to the top, these little pegs. But you get three pegs. And once you have all three pegs, if you don't roll one of those three numbers, if you can't somehow put your dice together in those numbers, you're out. Yes. And so you can keep rolling as long as you want. <laughs> At some point, you can stop and your whatever gains you made, you lock in those gains. Yes. If you, if you don't stop and you roll out, you go all the way back to the bottom. It's kind of like the stock market. <laughs> lock in your gains. Lock in your gains once or twice a year at an established interval. I guess my point is I really, you know, I use Stephen Covey to keep me calm. And I think I'll just walk back again, Kathy, to that, which is think about can I control this? Can I influence it or can I neither control nor influence it? And if I'm spending all my time on stuff I can't control or influence, I really need to regroup and think about what in my life can I control and focus on those things? What am I creating? What am I doing to move the ball ahead for me not to worry about stuff that is going to either change or stay the same without me involved? Good advice. That is very good advice. So if the listener wants to listen to you. And by the way, can I tell them about the dessert or do we need to leave the dessert off the table? As long as people don't tell other people, my two listeners that it exists. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a hint. If you do go over to the Stacking Benjamins podcast and the show ends, just let it run. Is that okay, Joe? <laughs> or should I edit that out? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's against the rules as you know, but oh. Okay, then I'll edit that out. No, no, but that's fine. No, that's fine. It's against the rules. We won't tell mom. <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing that, that is funny about that, th that I'll say here, is that the way we created that was, there's a great book, if you create anything called Steal Like an Artist, and I'm looking over because the book's right over there. Uh, it's by a guy named Austin Kleon, who kind of sits at the intersection of creativity and business. He's an artist. But when he talks about stealing like an artist, he said that any artist is an artist on the backs of other inspiration. You know, everybody's inspired by something. And so take these things and don't plagiarize, but take them and spin them so it's uniquely you. And there was actually I never have time to play video games but I like video games. And so I listened to a few video game podcasts and there was an Xbox podcast. It's still around, but for a long time, the show would end. I would hit stop and I just go about my day. And I, I maybe listened to the show for nine or 10 months. And Cheryl, my spouse and I were on an anniversary vacation to Northern Michigan where they have this great white wine country up near Traverse City. And we're at this beautiful winery bed and breakfast. And I jump in the shower and I turn on my radio outside the shower and I'm listening to this podcast and the podcast ends, but I can't get to my phone to turn the podcast off. 
And I'll be damned if 45 seconds later, <laughs> these dudes start talking again. <laughs> and then I realized I've been missing it the whole last nine months. And, I, I, and so I love it when people write me and they've been listening to our show for six months and they're like, I never knew. I never knew that you guys start talking again. Yeah. I love it. Love, it's, love, love dessert. It's, it is funny. Yeah. And by the way, if, if you want financial talk during dessert, we don't do it. I, yeah. They, it's never financial talk. No. It's always us hanging out, talking about <laughs> movies. Yes. <laughs> it's still fun. And by the way, still like an artist is in my holds list for my library app. Oh, so Yes. It's a little tiny book. It's not the kind of book that you read cover to cover. It's the kind of book that you open to any random page. And because he's an artist, he just has like a little saying. Oh, so I, mean, I might have to buy it. And it connects to the next one. No, you'll see. In, even in the library app, you'll see. Uh, but it just is, yeah, for me, for me, it is a pull off the shelf when I need some inspiration, read four pages and get back to work. And I'm super inspired. Oh, well. I'm, I may have to wind up buying it anyway. I'll wait till I get it and then, and then we'll see. He's a cool dude. Yes. So listeners, I hope that this was a good conversation for you to listen in on. And if you're interested in an interesting and entertaining sort of finance show, you're not really a fire person though. I think I'm too old to be a fire person. Me too. I mean, like age cut off. <laughs> it's like 25, I think. <laughs> That's right. I mean, maybe. Um, but head on over to the Stacking Benjamin show. What's the website? Is it Stacking Benjamins or Stacking Benjamins? StackingBenjamins.com. Yeah, just straightforward. And you can find it in, in the same podcast app that you're listening to this show on. They're all over the place. And they also have a Facebook group, The Basement. Basement. Yeah. We have people can hang out in mom's basement and only go there if you are okay with really bad dad jokes. <laughs> I love it when we get the super nerdy finance people who come and they kind of get offended. They're like, what does this have to do with finance? And I always write, welcome to the basement, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be all. I do like the way in the basement people are are seem to be a lot calmer than in some of the other groups I'm in. And uh, people are getting through it with a lot of levity. So that's fun. But if you don't like bad dad jokes, you should not go to our Facebook group. Go to the Facebook group. It'll be fun. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for being so gracious as to meet with me so quickly so that we could give a little bit of information and levity to the, the listeners of this show. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks a ton. And I'm so glad you worry so much about your community because they rely on you so much. And it's just exciting to see. <laughs> thank you. And to the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. <laughs> 